Hi, it's Dwyer, Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. Gamblersadvisory.com, free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, it would be malpractice for me not to mention in the opening here in reference to yesterday's boxing card in Toledo, Ohio, Abdullah Mason. Folks, if you want to know what a five-star boxing prospect looks like, and I didn't know the guy existed before watching this card, take a look at lightweight Abdullah Mason. Right? This is a guy who all he has to do is stay healthy and committed. And I believe he's going to end up with at least a share of the belt in the lightweight division. Now, it's true. He was facing an old man who had just moved to the United States, who was looking for a payday, and who had a stretch in his career where he was out of the ring for several years. It's also true, too, that everyone looks great until they get hit in the mouth, right? And here, Abdullah Mason really wasn't hit. I don't have a clue on his survival skills. But what I can tell you is this hand speed, Right, this level of hand speed, this level of understanding. He only comes in the pocket when he's throwing explosive punches. Right, his ability to throw combinations. He doesn't throw that many, but he lets his hands go at times. And you notice he can pace together four or five shots in a row. Right, I'm just telling you that the guy today, mark these words, today, Southpaw would be a big-time threat to Gervonta Davis, right? I know the lightweight division is loaded, but understand, it's only a matter of time, just given the size, just given how he looks at weigh-ins, completely weight-drained, before Devin Haney moves out of the division, right? We need to start thinking ahead if you want easy money. Just circle the name Adula Mason. This is a 19-year-old with less than 10 pro fights. Just circle his name. And if he's fighting in the division against anybody who doesn't have a ring or who isn't trained by Derek James, he has an excellent chance of winning this fight. Right? I'm just telling you, the kid was phenomenal. Let's talk about another fighter. And this is a fight style type thing. Arslanbek Mahmudov, the heavyweight, who took out Rafael Akpijori. Right? What I want folks to do is to look at the way he did it. This kind of reminds me of the Spence uh, fight against... Um, the guy who beat Manny Pacquiao, Ugas, right? Where if McMudoff knows you're going to be on your front foot and you're going to be crashing the pocket, and this is relevant with regard to Big Baby, 
right? McMudoff is the kind of heavyweight, right? And we're around the top of the heavyweight division here, right? He's obviously a world-class contender. He's the kind of heavyweight who will come up close to you, smother you, drape himself on you, and then can throw uppercuts from angles where you don't see the punch coming. In other words, heavyweights really cannot crash the pocket with impunity. They have to realize that at the top levels, guys are waiting for them. Right? With shots coming from angles they can't see because they're draped on a guy's shoulder. Right? The uppercuts that McMudoff was throwing had my neck hurting. And I was thousands of miles away in the safety of my living room. They were that violent. Let me just say, too, thank goodness the referee stopped this fight. Because it was clear that the opponent had no clue what to do in terms of stopping these uppercuts. And I do believe there has to be a moment where a referee says, hey, this guy is on his way to getting badly hurt. He's clueless here. And I mean clueless. Understand, all of this is happening early in the fight. One wonders what fight Rafael Apeggiore prepared for. Right? The referee did the right thing because he was about to get decapitated in the ring. His career really was about to get curtailed. Right? The referee stopped a situation that was urgent because this Raphael guy really was not ready and was on the verge of getting brain damage. That's how flush the shots were landing. Now, when Evander Holyfield would have had an armbar there, and Evander Holyfield wouldn't have been predictably in the pocket. He would have kept you guessing. But understand, Evander Holyfield is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> right? right? That, that's the point. In other words, what boxers need to do is they need to sit down with films of the Hall of Famers. And they also need to know about their opponent. If your opponent is throwing uppercuts, if he has a deadly uppercut, you can't be lingering with your head even on the guy's shoulder in the pocket because the guy's going to do moves where he drops the shoulder, your head's right here, and he comes with the uppercut. Now let's talk about Big Baby. Right? Now look, I love boxing hype. I understand tickets need to be sold. But if you're a gambler, you need to look past the hype. You need to have, you need to put down the drink and you need to make a sober assessment. Right? A sober assessment of what's truth and what's not. Now, let me ask the question here, and I see I already got comments in the comment section of the pre-fight video, right? Some fans are coming forward and they're saying, hey, you know, Big Baby proved himself. 
right? And Big Baby, of course, is doing some marketing. He's saying, you know, I wanted to go the distance against Charles Martin. Yeah, right, right. Like, I believe that, right? Baby, some of us actually saw the fight, right? Let me just ask the question here. How many times did you see Big Baby hit flush during yesterday's 10-round fight? In other words, how many times did he get hit and he didn't have a hand between himself or an arm, some body part, between himself and Charles Martin? Right? How many times did you see him get hit where he froze? He looked dazed. He looked staggered. Now, we know Charles Martin's A-level punch, the punch Charles Martin is trying to land, is a straight left. We know that, right? Uh-oh, did my thing freeze? Okay. We know Charles Martin is trying to land a straight left. I would argue, and keep in mind, Martin enters the ring with a greater than 70% KO ratio. So you're fighting him in a 10-round fight, and if you're his opponent, you can't have him, a guy with a greater than 70% KO percentage, landing his best punch flush. Now, I would argue that Big Baby is hit flush with Charles Martin's straight left at least five times during this 10-round fight. And that's just up top. I would also argue that Big Baby is hit flush with very hard lefts to his body at least three times. That's eight, eight flush power shots landed by Martin in a 10-round fight. Now, let's just say the heavyweight division at the top is too deep and too skilled to think that any heavyweight, particularly a 23-year-old who just went the distance for the first time in his professional career, at least made it past the sixth round for the first time in his professional career yesterday, Right? The division's too deep to believe that any heavyweight has that margin of error. Right? You cannot fight Deontay Wilder and say to yourself, okay, Wilder is going to land five of his best punches to my face and hit me flush in a 10-round fight, and I'm going to survive. Folks, that's not today's heavyweight division, 
right? If Anthony Joshua is going to land five flush shots on you up top, eight, at least eight, flush shots, right? Withering body shots added to the five heavy shots up top in a 10-round fight, I don't think you're going to finish the fight. Right? You really think that Jili Zhang, who knocked down Jerry Forrest three times, is going to be able to land five of his straight lefts up top, and you're going to survive the fight. Right? Now, let's just say, and I'm being diplomatic here, I think it's too early to say that Big Baby is the future of the heavyweight division. I think it's too early to say that Big Baby is the face of American heavyweight boxing. You just heard me mention Deontay Wilder. Right? I'm not saying Wilder has the best boxing skills. I'm not saying Wilder is defensively blessed. But what I am saying is his opponents have a very small margin of error. We've all seen that fight where a Luis Ortiz looks completely alert one minute and then is on the canvas the next minute off one shot. Right? That's the state of heavyweight boxing I know of. Right? I would say that the hype on Big Baby has gotten a little bit over the top. I'm not sure he's there yet. Let me say this, too. You saw Big Baby, marquee event. He's on ESPN, right? This is the way boxing should be. You bring the fans in by having the prospects on TV that is in the basic cable package that you don't have to pay pay-per-view for, right? So here is Big Baby, his manager, his promoter, they're top of the line. They have hooked him up, right? Jay Prince, Bob Arum, they have hooked him up. He's on ESPN. He's on national TV, folks. National TV. This is his moment. This fight is so much in his backyard that his high school band is part of the pre-fight. They're part of his ring walk. Right? You're watching this and you're thinking, okay, Ohio is in the house. Right? The fight's in Toledo, Ohio. They have the bell from the fight years ago that took place in Toledo, Ohio, where... The Manasseh Mauler, Jack Dempsey, beat Jess Willard to become heavyweight champ. Right? Think about it. Even Abdullah Mason, the five-star lightweight guy, is from the state of Ohio. He's from Cleveland. Right? But we know in Ohio, just looking at LeBron, Akron, but yet he's Cleveland, we know the state of Ohio's unified, right? Ohio's in the house. 
could easily be Buster Douglas from Columbus, Ohio, right? We know Ohio likes its boxing. Here you have Ohio's favorite son, and he's on national television, and it's accessible to the public. So you would imagine Big Baby is going to come out and he's going to show you his game. Right? His skills, this is his opportunity to say, America, here I am. Here is the package. Here's what I can do against a last-minute replacement who's 37 years old, who, according to reports, made less than $30,000 in his last fight. What I want to ask is how many times... Did you see Big Baby offensively on his back foot in this 10-round match? Right, We saw him rolling away from Charles Martin's straight left. Right, The same straight left that lands up top at least five times. But we saw Big Baby roll away from the pocket to get away from the big left, right? Big Baby uses his legs for defense. Let me say this too. I'm not going to sugarcoat my comments here. Prospects need to know the truth, right? You want to have a frank talk with prospects so Big Baby can say, okay, I have things to work on in the gym, right? I need to look at films, including the film of McMudoff on the undercard here, where I need to realize that if I'm too pocket-centric, some guy might throw uppercuts in the pocket from angles that I really can't read. Some guy might smother my in-the-pocket performance by draping himself on me like McMudoff did, or like Spence does to Ugas. Let me just say, you thought against a 37-year-old who's abandoning the pocket. Charles Martin is moving away from the pocket. That's his strategy. You would think Baby would then dare Charles Martin. This is the reverse of what Andre Ward was talking about. Andre Ward said, hey, Martin should crash the pocket. Mark, Martin should say, hey, I'm a vet. I'm going to put pressure on you. Right? You're at home. I'm going to force you to do something. Right? Now, I understand where Andre's coming from, but there's a reverse argument to that, too. You're big baby, and Charles Martin's moving away from you. Pretend you're George Foreman, and Ali is moving away from you. Now, if you're big baby, you're unbeaten, have never gone the distance, haven't gone past six rounds, and you're home, and the fans are in your pocket. In other words, they're booing Charles Martin. Don't you take a step back. If you have a back foot, don't you take a step back and let Charles Martin know, player, you're going to have to stop running. You're going to have to come to me if you're going to have any chance of winning this fight. In other words, don't you want to make Charles Martin look like he's running? 
right? Don't you also want to change the rhythm of the fight? You've been hit with some flush shots. Don't you want to say, okay, well, my plan B is different from my plan A. My plan A is me on my front foot hunting you down. Let's remember, baby gets a knockdown in like the third round of this fight. So baby's up big. Right? An argument can be made that by the time we get to the fifth round, baby is up more than four rounds. Right? Shouldn't there have been a time in this fight, especially given this heavyweight division, where you know, you know, you should know, you cannot stay in the pocket against Andy Ruiz, against Luis Ortiz, against Zhili Zhang, against Deontay Wilder. Right? You know that. This is a heavy-handed time. So shouldn't there have been the point in this fight where you show the Andy Ruiz crowd, right? The crowd that knows Andy, fast hands, spectacular in the pocket, drop AJ multiple times, right? Isn't there a time in this fight where you show that crowd, hey, Andy's going to have to use his legs to catch up with me? I'm an athlete. Jared Anderson's clearly an athlete. He's clearly one of the better athletes in the division. Isn't there the moment in this fight where you thought Anderson was going to say, hey, look, I'm an athlete with legs. I can move back, not just when I'm rolling away from straight uh, lefts, but I can actually move back and create space. If you're a guy who's come in trying to counterpunch me, coming in with what they call negative energy, coming in with some back foot construct, I'm going to destroy that back foot construct by forcing you to be on your front foot. Where was that part of this fight? Right? It's bad enough that Big Baby's going straight back on defense. But then after he goes back, he then comes forward. Wasn't he predictably front foot? In this heavyweight division, can you be predictably front foot against Dillian White? Can you? I don't think so. Right? Let me also say, too, I want people to think about Zhili Zhang. And we're naming top heavyweights because... Those are the folks Jared Anderson needs to focus on. In the pre-fight interview on ESPN, he talked about how he felt his time was now. How he wants to get out of the game in four years. How the game for him is a job. He's just trying to get financial security. It's not a calling for him. Right now, contrast that to Deontay Wilder, who has a lot of money in the bank. Folks, that's what a five-year, 10-defense reign does for you, right? Has a lot of money in the bank. Is in his 30s, well into his 30s. But yet, even now, he's shortening up that right hand. 
even now with money in the bank. Boxing's such a calling for him, he's hanging around. Right? He'd love to get a fourth fight with Wilder. Excuse me, with uh, Fury. Sometimes you get these heavyweight champs confused, right? He'd love to get a fourth fight with Fury. He'd love to get a fight with Anthony Joshua. He's negotiating right now with Andy Ruiz. Let's just say he's not looking for soft touches. This is a guy who's so all-in on boxing that even with the money in the bank, he's going after headliners. Right? By contrast, Jared Anderson believes he's the best right now, but he wants to get out of the sport in four years. Well, player, if you're going to climb the mountain in the next four years, you're going to have to fight some of the guys who I'm naming here. Right? Just understand. You can't always be front foot and only back up to avoid punches. Let me make another specific critique here. They said Jared Anderson lives in Houston. Right now, Texas, my favorite heavyweight in history is Jack Johnson, Galveston. Right? George Foreman from Houston. Right? I want Jared Anderson to look at George Foreman's defense. There has to be a way for Jared Anderson to stay in the pocket and to block shots. To not rely on upper body movement, taking a step back, right? As Timothy Bradley repeatedly points out in the telecast, I thought Bradley was on his A-game, right? Taking a step back in a straight line, which is hazardous, right? Anderson needs to add to his defensive construct what Foreman does, Foreman would stay in the pocket. Foreman would have his hands like this. Why? So he could be in the pocket against heavy-hitting, pocket-centric guys and still block shots, have the shots land on his forearms, and then, of course, push the guy back and throw big shots. The part of Anderson's defense where he's catching shots is missing. Let me tell you, too, he has 23, 24-year-old reflexes right now. So he's been able to get by, right, taking a step back and rolling away from a straight left. Well, first, let me just point out that how did the reflex work out for you in this fight, player? He even gets caught with a shot at the end of the 10th round. In other words, there are times in this fight where his defense got him caught with shots. Now, while Charles Martin has some ring coverage, he doesn't have the ring coverage of, let's say, a Deontay Wilder. Let me tell you, too, Martin Bacoli would want you to have a pattern of going straight back on defense because he'll follow you, right? You're, you're backing away. Some fighter knows you go straight back on defense. He's going to fake the shot 
He's going to fake the left. You're going to start backing away. Then he's going to come forward. You're defenseless if you don't have some offensive part of your back foot. Right? Understand the rematch. Sonny Liston, Ali. Right? Liston thought he had Ali right where he wanted him. First round. Right? Ali's over around the rope area. Liston comes forward. That's when we get either one of the greatest punches in heavyweight history or what they call a phantom punch. Right? Ali hits Liston. Liston goes down. I would argue Liston's caught. If you dissect that film, right, Liston's head jerks as he gets hit. Folks, that's not acting. Right? Now, Jared Anderson, if he's in that situation, and in this heavyweight division, he might end up in that situation. Right? Understand, you have punchers out there. I keep telling people, Anthony Joshua has an excellent left hook. What happens if Joshua fakes the left hook? Big Baby starts going backwards in a straight line. You don't think Joshua is enough of an athlete to then take two more steps and hit him? So let me just say this. A good way to gauge a fighter's performance versus expectations is after the fight, think about what the pre-fight odds were and how you would, after watching the fight, have handicapped the fight after the fight. Right? If these two fought a rematch, what should the odds be? Now, when I w made my pre-fight video, believe it or not, Charles Moore